I'm a person that wants to see people succeed and become who they need to become. And nothing is impossible. So let's go. Let's do this. Please note this episode contains potentially triggering topics such as sudden bereavement, grief, and loss. Hey everybody, welcome back to Tales from the Journey. I'm Stephanie Zamora and today I am so excited to be here with Althea Richardson. She has been through quite a journey in her life of trauma, abuse, loss, and so much more and has turned all of that into a very inspiring ministry of her own where she brings inspiration and empowerment and hope to people all over the world. And among many amazing things that she is doing, she is also the host of the Wove Inspiration podcast. And we're going to talk all about her work and what she does. But first, Althea, thank you so much for being here today. Stephanie, thank you so much for the opportunity for me to be able to share what I do as well as my story as well. Yeah, I'm so excited. I I would love to start with just you sharing a little bit about yourself as a person and what it is that you do. Sure. So I am the founder of WOVE, which stands for Women of Vision and Excellence. And it is my goal and mission to inspire, encourage, and uplift women and the men who love them to becoming all they were predestined to be. And it starts with restoration. Um, a part of WOVE uh, or associated with WOVE is WOVE Ministries, which is a women's ministry that advocates for domestic violence victims as well as sexual assault victims or any woman that has been through any type of um, abusive, whether it's physical, spiritual, or emotional abuse. And it also serves as a way of helping people to heal to uh, get through their past situations and to grow into fulfilling the purpose that um, was predestined for them. Another part of WOVE is also WOVE Inspiration. As you had mentioned, I am a fellow podcaster. I've been doing that now for well over three years now. It changes and grows and progresses every year as I grow and I kind of tailor it to the audience as well and what they're looking for, but it's it's promote, uh, it's basically for women, but it also includes men as well, because there are men that share stories of situations in their life, abuse and things of that sort. And I just want to make sure that people are getting the help that they need and are encouraged by my listeners so that they too can go forward in life. Yeah, absolutely. And normally the first thing that I I ask after the intro is is kind of the start of your story, but I would actually love, you said something about really living your predestined purpose and purpose is my purpose. It's it's my great passion in this life and it's what all of my work is focused around. And I'd actually love to hear what that means to you. So purpose to me means that an individual goes through this, this, uh, this trial, this stage in life where you're going through a whole bunch of crazy stuff. And during that crazy period of time in your life, you're discovering or trying to discover who you are and what you are put on this earth to do. And so what I've discovered is that there is a process in trying to find your purpose. And unfortunately, we have to go through these different things that are not so good at all. 
but they only serve as a means of building that individual's character and discovering who they are. And so in purpose, it's something that it is, that is predestined. And I'm a, a person of faith. And so I believe that God has placed us on this earth for not only making a difference, making changes in our own life, but also making changes in other people that we come across in life. And so the overall goal being that God gets the glory out of this because he started it all. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. I love that. Well, you have had, wow, a incredible trying journey of your own. And I know that there are lots of different things that you've walked through personally in your own life. And I would love to kind of hear who were you before all the trials began? Like who was Althea then? <laughs> I would have to say going back initially single the first time, and I'll explain that later what that means. Being single first the first time, I had a very low self-esteem. I didn't really see myself as worthy of being loved, although I really wanted to. I, I had this desire to be with someone that I can um, not only make happy, but they would make me happy as well. And so during that period of time, I was looking for love in all the wrong places. And unfortunately, I, I went through a lot of what I call jokers, those individuals that were, they looked good, smelled good, did all the right things, <laughs> but they had a hidden agenda behind everything that they were doing towards me. And because of my self-esteem at that time in my life, I would fall for it. I fell for it quite a number of times. And so during that time, there was a period of time that I, I was married before. And the appearance of this individual was was good at first. But, you know, it always takes one circumstance to bring out the worst <laughs> in that person. And so that was a... After a whole thing, a whole series of situations that took place in that marriage, I came to the point of discovering there's something more. There's got to be something more within me or something because I, I got fed up. I got tired of going through relationship after relationship and finding this void at the end of all of this. And so my turning point at that time, it goes back to the day of, of my divorce. My best friend of 20 years, she went with me to the court that day to, for the, the divorce proceedings. And the moment that the judge hit the gavel on the desk and said, whatever the words were for your divorce now, I left out of that courtroom and just broke down completely. It was just, I never wanted to be that person who was labeled a divorcee. I never wanted that title. And I tried my best in the marriage to not allow that to happen. And yet I didn't have any control over that because I don't have control over a grown man's decision. And my friend... <laughs> wanted to do like a celebratory thing and you know you're free and I'm like but I was still broken after all of that so when I left and went home after all of that I went home and I just broke down I mean it was like an ugly cry 
I described it was snot if the whole nine yep. yards. It was, <laughs> it was bad. One of the things that I did was that um, I know I'm going to be dating myself on this one. So back in the day, there used to be carousels that you could put CDs on. <laughs> And you you know you turn it on and it would play the variety of music according to the CD that you have. So on my uh, carousel, I had several different songs that were worship songs, and I never, of course, never knew which song was going to play next. And on that day, the songs that were playing just really ministered to my soul and just broke me down to the point where it was like, God. I surrender everything to you. I can't do this by myself. You know the heart, my heart's desire, but I'm going to live and serve you. And from that day forward was when my life changed. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. I had a a similar moment where I kind of like surrendered myself to the universe of like, use me up and spit me out. If I have to go through hell, like let it be for some greater good. So I, I really resonate with that. What about the divorce really rocked you? I know you said you didn't want to be labeled as a divorcee. Was it like a piece of your identity that was shifting? Was it related to your faith? Was it that you were still in love? It was a combination of of everything you just said. My identity was I wanted to be this perfect wife to this person. And I wanted to be the person that would be able to try to help him my ex-husband had a drug problem and we went he went through several different rehabs and to no avail it, it just over it kept overtaking him but I also wanted to be the wife that wanted to help him overcome that and through prayer and and other people praying and you know him and I crying together and praying together and things of that sort I really believe that I would be able to change him, but actually the bottom line was he had to have the to the make the decision to want to change and he he really didn't want to change and so I lost my identity as a wife that I felt like I wasn't strong enough for him, and then my faith kind of wavered a little bit because I'm like God. You know, what I want, what my heart's desire is, is to be a wife and to be there for him. And it just didn't go that for, well for us. So in love, again, it goes back to that, that self-esteem and then that part also of not wanting to be alone again. And the idea of, okay, well, if this doesn't work out, now what? Well, am I just going to get a, a dog and or adopt somebody's child? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because I have this desire to want to show love for to someone and and to be loved and yeah that part was pretty much destroyed on the day of that divorce. Yeah. What was your grief process like in the aftermath of that? I've just broke down like I said earlier. I had to cry and allow myself to cry and not feel like just like I I I don't I, I wanted to live but at the and at the same time it was really hard for me to go forward yeah. in life because it was like now what 
moment. What do I do at this point in time? And so having the feel for music and if, and how music makes you feel, that was the reason why I felt the need to go home and just lay out on the floor and just listen to worship music and allow the music to minister to, to me. And slowly but surely, I was climbing out of that, that pit of despair and hurt and, and shame as well to the point where I was able to hear what the words were being said on, on some of the uh, worship songs. And then it strengthened me more and more to the to the point where I was eventually able to stand up and say, "Okay, let's go, let's do this, let's do life. We gotta get get put on your big girl panties on and let's go. <laughs> you can't stay in this state, and you can't allow yourself to be feel defeated when you have so much that's within you to do. So that's when I made that decision. Yeah, that's a huge turning point. One of the one of the big topics on the show and within my work is this idea of reorienting. And you're in the middle of your own life and life is always carrying on and the people around us are always moving forward and we have these big experiences and these big losses and these big life transitions and they change us. What was it like for you to reorient to yourself? and your life and even your work and other relationships after you took that, like, I'm, I'm going to get back out there and I'm going to do this. What did that look like? So once I got up and was finished crying and everything, and I got my strength back, I decided to go into ministry, specifically helping women to overcome different obstacles. Now, at that time, I hadn't really got too involved in women's ministry, but I had the uh, desire and the idea of wanting to do that. My other passion, like I said, is is music. And, and you know, people looking at me wouldn't know this, but I do. I also like rap music. <laughs> I love rap music. I'm old school, so um, <laughs> very old school. Like, But the music that they have now for gospel music is uh, gospel hip hop. And so I became heavily involved in promoting gospel hip-hop music. I love that. And so, Yes, I, I love it. I love it. And with that, I connected with my best friend's husband, who also had a desire to want to promote gospel music, hip-hop specifically. And then there was another connection where she, he knew someone that was a producer and everything and had a ministry as well. And they were like, well, maybe we should connect with them. I'm like, cool. Okay. So my mind is focused on the ministry. That, that was it. That, that was all I wanted to do was whatever God wants me to do. That is my focus. And that was my commitment. So we decided to go to a meeting that we were told that was going to be held. And we went over to the um, person's house. And he opened the door, the owner of the house opened the door and he looked at me and I was like, okay, who are you? <laughs> I was like, well, we're here for this meeting and we were told about what you do and producing and music and things of that sort. So we were there for that. Well, he kept looking at me really strange and I didn't understand why, but I just, I didn't pay him any mind because I wasn't interested in him anyway. 
So we go through the meeting and everything, and he's still staring at me. And I'm like, okay, what is going on with this guy? Uh, I'm, I'm not interested, whatever. Long story short, the guy that answered the door ends up being my husband. And 18 years, yes, my ex-husband was, and I were divorced in February. And then I was remarried in May. <laughs> wow. By no means did I plan that whatsoever. Not at all. Not at all. I'm sure. What was that like to, you met him and you were like, no, not interested. And you're grieving and you're reorienting. What was it like to fall back in love during that time? It was very awkward because I, I had people telling me, you know, you're, you're going to get married one day to the person that you, that's going to love you for who you are and, and will treat you the way that a queen should be treated. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not thinking about it. I don't care. I'm not interested. I just want to work in, in the church and, and in ministry. And so the moment that I wasn't thinking about it was when, things started to happen and then my friend was looking at, uh, at him because she eventually was able to meet him it's like you know that's my your husband right I'm like no he's not <laughs> I'm not interested I don't plan to get married don't even say that to me but you know God said otherwise so uh 18 years later he's my best friend he knew everything about me past, present, everything. And he accepted me for who, for who I was, you know. And a lot of times guys can be like, oh my gosh, she's got a whole lot of baggage and she's been through way too much stuff for me to even want to deal with her. But he was very, very open to everything. And we shared a lot about our past and everything. So he was someone that really helped me to become who I am today. He encouraged me. He gave me affirmations and he, and, and was very genuine and he knew how to reach my heart. And so, well, as I mentioned earlier, was saying that in my marriage, the second marriage of 18 years recently, November of 2019, was when he had passed away at the age of 55 he passed away um, from a heart attack so here we go again lost and it was hard at first but when you know like I said I'm a person of faith when you know that he is in a much better place it makes it easier to to handle. It's a process with that particular grief, especially when you gave your your life to this individual. You guys had this relationship that was like nobody could touch, you know, and he was my best friend. And so when he passed away, it put me in a state of, okay, what am I doing with this? Because this is new. I went from being a divorcee. Now I'm a widow. 
what is this God? And so here recently, I discovered that it's full circle for me. And, and I say that because that I went through a bunch of crappy relationships that ended in one marriage being a divorce. Then I got married again to a man who loved me unconditionally and showed me what it means to be loved, truly loved. And, you know, he passed away. And but in the full circle, I now know how to live as a single woman and to live contently in the state that I'm in. Yeah, that's a really powerful shift. I'm so sorry for your loss. And I think what you shared is really powerful. So many people have baggage. I mean, we all have baggage, but so many people are still in their healing work. I know it's been six years since my loss and a few years since the traumatic abusive relationship I was in because of my PTSD from the loss. And I did a ton of healing work and I met a lot of wonderful people on the way, but the the partner that I have now has been nothing but supportive and loving and accepting and doesn't he doesn't always understand the grief or the trauma, but he tries very hard. And I think it's such an important message for anyone who's gone through really challenging chapters is that you don't have to wait until you're perfectly whole and healed. And and sometimes we never feel that way. We heal and we grow and we become a new version of ourselves, but it doesn't mean that we can't find love and we can't find support. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally and 100% agree. And that's one of the things that my my best friend of 20 years, we recently decided to start helping single men and women walk through this process of being single, in particular individuals that are Christians, because <laughs> being single is one thing. Being a single Christian, that's a whole different ballgame, because now you're trying to battle like, okay, feelings and (laughs) and emotions and how do I handle this when you know I'm dating this guy and we're trying to be celibate and yes sometimes that don't work (laughs) this is real it just doesn't work and how you walk through that process so that's one of the newer projects that her and I just started actually in the last couple of weeks we started doing videos on just having that conversation it's not actually something that's very popular in the in the church is the talking about christian relationships and how that whole process works and how to date and what not to do and how not to put yourself in positions that if you're wanting to stay celibate you might want to not do certain things to put you put yourself in that position so you know, we were working th- this thing out. And like I said, with me being in the position that I am now being content as a single person, I'm able to import a lot of wisdom and knowledge to other people, men and women, what to look for, particularly women, because we're very emotional and we'll put our whole self into that relationship and then find out if it's not, if he's not the one, it's like, oh, now what do I do? So that's my mission is to help as many single women and men as I possibly can to avoid those pitfalls. 
Yeah, that's beautiful. I actually love to talk about faith for a little bit, something that we talk a lot about on the show as well, because going through these seasons of our lives that kind of turn us inside out, it requires a certain kind of faith. And for anyone listening, when I talk about faith anyways, it it can be religious, it can be spiritual, it can be a connection with your own inner knowing, but like having faith in something greater than just your intellect and what you can see in front of you and more than what meets the eye is, is really trusting in something bigger than yourself and trusting in the process and the unfolding. But I would love to hear from you in regards to faith and in regards to surrendering to it was God for you and, and it's faith for other people or the universe or, you know, the, the unfolding of life. What was it like for you to really surrender into that faith? And more importantly, I think my question is like, what is your relationship to it in terms of how you connect with and communicate and know that you're being guided? My relationship with with God is a personal one. There are a lot of different um, beliefs that in that you don't have that ability to. Some believe, some religions believe that there is this um, guard or that God is just like un, unreachable that you can't have conversations with Him. If people saw me driving in my car, they would think that one, I'm either talking on my cell phone um, speaker or they would never know that I was talking to God because I have these types of conversations with God. God, I don't understand why, you know, why this is happening. What am I supposed to do? Now, it's not an audible thing that happens where, you know, God is like, well, my daughter, this is no, (laughs) (laughs) it's not like that. But it's through different vehicles and things of that sort that God uses that speaks to me that confirms, okay, I'm going in the right direction. One of the things that I um, do on a daily basis is read my Bible and read different devotionals. The word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It will never change. And each time that you read the word of God, you might read a scripture one day and then you'll come back to that same scripture and it comes back to you in a completely different manner and meaning because of maybe that particular situation that you're going through that day. So the Bible in and of itself is is God speaking to me through his word that's on paper. And so that's what helps me to be guided and directed in a lot of different things in my life. Another aspect of that in my Christianity is the Holy Spirit. There's the Trinity, which is God, uh, God, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is like, I kind of equate the Holy Spirit as a GPS. That that thing, you know, that little still small voice that says, you may not want to do that. Yeah. That's essentially what <laughs> That's essentially what the Holy Spirit is in the in that when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, as you recognize him as your Lord and Savior, and you accept him as that into your life, he sends your helper, and that's the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit for me is a guide to the in the direction of which way to go in certain things. 
like I said, I equate it to like the GPS where when you're going in the in a certain direction and all of a sudden you decide to go left and it's telling you to go right, it's telling you to make a U-turn and, you know, and go back the other way. Well, it's the same thing with, with the Holy Spirit and incorporated with, the God, with God's word. He helps you to get an understanding of which way to go, which is the best way to do it. And then there's the trust factor and the faith, believing that that direction that you're going is, is the right direction. Nine times out of 10, when there is something that confirms that you're going in the right direction, you're, you're, you're absolutely on point and on time. And that's where the faith and building and trusting God comes into play. It's taking those steps one by one. I just, I described uh, it this way. You remember the video, Billie Jean? And on Billie Jean, every time that Michael Jackson took a step, the, the sidewalk would light up. Well, in, in my life, I look at it as when I'm looking for guidance or understanding or making sure that I'm going in the right direction, each step that I take as the, as the sidewalk, it, you know, sidewalk to say, uh, lights up or as a door open or as an opportunity presents itself and I walk through that door, that's God saying, okay, you're going in the right direction. When you're going along on this path or this journey in life and then all of a sudden things don't go your way or the door doesn't open for you, that's the moment that you stop and say, okay, let's reevaluate this thing because obviously I've tried this door. It's not opening. Maybe there's something else that I need to do. Maybe there's another direction I need to go. When you're walking on that path and that path doesn't light up for you on that next step, that means that you need to stop and seek more direction. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, that's all really powerful. And we can always course correct, I think is an important point that you're also making, even though it wasn't your direct point, is that we're never so far gone that we can't stop and say, wait a minute, <laughs> this isn't where I'm supposed to be and this isn't working. That yeah. Is absolutely right. yeah. Well, I know that your relationship with God and your religion plays one form of mentorship role for you. Were there any other mentors, either internal, like we talk about internal mentors, which can be like that connection to spirit or to your intuition, but were there any other mentors that really helped you with your process of healing and grief and really claiming your purpose and your path? Yeah. One of the mentors, of course, was my husband. He really gave me a lot of wisdom and insight on um, different situations and coupled with him accepting me for who I was. And as I struggled to grow in understanding me and eliminating some of my, my past decisions and, and eliminating the guilt and shame of my past decisions, that helped a whole lot in showing that I, I am someone that can recover and I have the ability to, to make a difference in other people's lives despite my past. I can use my past as a means of helping other people. There have been a, a variety of different women that have come across my, my life that imparted 
wisdom into me as well because of their different experiences. I can't really say there were a whole lot of specific women. I, I can't really narrow them down because it's been a lot of women that have helped me. My mom, his mom helped me a lot in different situations as well, imparting words of, of wisdom and knowledge into me. Different devotionals that I've read, different speakers that I've heard. When I actually just started, started going, uh, doing podcasting, one of the people, and he just recently passed away, one of the people that actually made a significant difference in my life as far as interviewing other people was Larry King. I was afforded the opportunity to be able to participate in one of the classes that he had, and it gave you the opportunity to present a question to him, and he would actually read it. Well, I was blessed for to have him read my question, and I was like, oh my God, I know <laughs> this is where I'm supposed to be for him to have done that. And so I, I tell that story to a lot of people. And now, you know, what was your question? I don't even remember at this point. <laughs> I, really don't. I think it had something to do with how to ask questions to celebrities or something to that effect. It was, I don't even, I mean, it was just the idea that he read the question and and everything. But I, I just love the idea that, I mean, well over thousands of people that he's interviewed and I bought his books and things of that sort and he was one of the reasons why I'm doing podcasting today and interviewing people that's the the main spotlight for me is to interact and talk to people and listen to their different stories as well. Yeah and I want to talk about your work next but I have one relationship-related question, which is having had the first marriage that ended in divorce and then having a beautiful partnership for 18 years that you're now a widow, what do you feel is next for you relationship-wise? Well, um, like I said, I'm not really in a hurry (laughs) right now to even go into any type of relationship. I'm actually more interested in just building friendships now been through the whole dating thing and and all of that and I was telling my friend while we were recording our last um, video I was like the dating scene around here is cuckoo crazy now they got 50 billion apps I'm I dating myself again they had back in the day when I was dating at first they had the uh, the chat line <laughs> yeah that's a whole it's a whole different ball game now. so um I'm just, I'm content where I am now. I have two beautiful teenagers and everything, and one of them is about to graduate and go to college. So my focus is really on ministry as well as making sure that my kids are successful in in everything that they want to do. And um, really just wanting to help others mostly. Like I said, I'm not I'm not really focused on being in any type of relationship at this point. But you know, you never know what God has. And <laughs> so I, I don't close that door, but I'm not like here I am advertising either. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Well, I would love to talk about your work and I love how 
that surrender to God, to ministry also led you to find your amazing best friend and partner. And I think that that's one thing people don't realize about purpose is it's not just about your work and it is a path. Like it's a journey that we go on and how it expresses changes as we go through life and what we experience, but it can also lead us to the right people in the right places and, and everything in between. But share with us what it looked like for you to really step into ministry and, and how you went from that initial draw and pull towards it to having this beautiful body of work and podcasts and everything that you do now. So as far as the women's ministry, that actually, like I said, initially kind of slowly started when I met my husband, my uh, husband that passed. And and, and it started to grow from there in that I I just had this yearning and desire to want to help women, in particular women that had experienced domestic violence or some form of uh, sexual abuse. I am an individual that experienced sexual abuse as a child. Um, At the age of five, I was uh, molested by a uh, family member. And so uh, with that, uh, I, I, as I grew to know me and I did a lot of research and, and understanding hurt pain and, you know, trying to build myself up as well, I felt the desire and the pull to want to help other women as well. So initially I started out as doing, doing ch- uh, chat lines when they had chat lines and I would, there would just be people that would come in and, and want to just chat, just talk, you know, about what's going on and, and how they're dealing with their, their life being either out of that abusive relationship or they may, some of them were actually still in an abusive relationship and they were, you know, trying to figure out a way to get out of it. Those individuals that were sexually abused or were sexually assaulted by rape things of that, they wanted an outlet, someone that they can just confide in and just pour their hearts out. And I and I wanted so much to help as much as I can't possibly could. And so I would be online chatting with, with women for hours. But it it got to the point where it was like, okay, I'm drained now <laughs> because I'm not only listening to all of the things that they're saying to me. I'm pouring into them as well, and I'm, I'm depleted now. And so I, at, there was a point where I had to start to taper off from doing that because, one, I was just doing this on the fly. I just, this was what I had on my heart. This is what I decided to do. But then I had to get kind of like some instruction on how to format all of that. So yeah. in 2009 was when I decided to go back to college to get my degree. And I started from ground zero, like associate. And I had to do math after 10 <laughs> years. And that was horrible. I'm, I'm sure. Talking, I had to take algebra three times because I sucked at algebra. <laughs> it was horrible. The research part, oh, it was just, but I, I did it from 2009 and I went all the way up to my master's and uh, received my master's in human services. 
And through the knowledge and, and everything that I've acquired uh, through my degree, my bachelor's is in psychology and my uh, master's is in human services. Acquiring all of that knowledge made a major difference in going forward for me and really doing what I was called to do in helping women and learning that I, I, I have to take a break <laughs> sometimes when it comes to helping people because people, some people can come in and, and they will drain everything out of you, but then you're not able to, how do you replenish everything that was taken away from you? So it was an interesting journey to say the least after I got my degree and everything. And then I really started getting into mentoring women and then the podcast came into play, just wanting to just to share, use my voice, and then the interview process coming into play as well. And with Wove Inspiration, it just kind of grew on its own. I just did it and took chances on asking people, hey, do you want to be interviewed? And nine times out of 10, they would, they enjoyed being interviewed. So I interviewed, I have interviewed well over a hundred and something people. It's amazing. Um, three years and amazing stories, a lot of connections, and it's it's an awesome journey to be on. And with the women's ministry, it's actually starting to grow again, only because it's starting to grow again because I had to move and relocate and everything, and we started afresh and new. So it's slowly growing back to the way that um, it was originally supposed to grow to. And I'm really excited about it. That's awesome. I love what you shared about algebra, partly because algebra was terrible for me in college as well. But because, you know, there are so many people out there that feel like they can't do something. Well, I can't go back to school. I can't get my degree. I can't start the business. I can't whatever, because it's too hard and I'm not good at it. And it's like Glennon Doyle says we can do hard things. And I love that mantra because it's like when people ask how I've done what I've done or how I've healed and grown. And I'm sure when people see your story, they're just like, well, how do you do it? And it's like, you just, you go through the hard parts and you let it suck and you figure it out. And sometimes you take algebra three times or whatever it is. Like it, it just because on the outside, it looks like, oh, you decided to go back to school and you did it. And then you went all the way on and got your master's. It doesn't mean that it didn't suck and it wasn't hard for parts of it. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> it was definitely <laughs> a hard journey, but with anything that you do, that's worth doing, it's going to be hard but it's going to be worth the, the, the heartache and the, and the pain and the writing papers and everything. When you get that piece of paper in your hand, it's like, look, this is what, what came out of the heartache and the pain. It is well worth the, the, the journey for sure. Yeah. 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 What do you think supported you the most outside of your education around building a business and building an audience? Yeah, my husband helped a whole lot, and I had a lot of good friends that were also in the podcast industry as well that we supported each other. It is definitely important to have someone to support you in whatever it is that you're wanting to do, because there are going to be times where you're going to feel like, I don't feel like doing this. Why am I doing this? What am I doing this again for? And you have to go back and remember your why. Why did you want to start it in the first place? 
Well, obviously there was a, a yearning or a passion within you, that fire that caused you to make that decision to take that first step. Well, and you get to the, you might get to the point where that fire starts to fizzle just a little bit. So now you got to find some kind of way of, of, of determining what do I need to rekindle this fire again? What is it that I need to do to get back on track? And sometimes you might have to take a small break, but don't let that break become a long drawn out thing. If that was your original plan was to be in school or the podcast or whatever it is, rekindle that fire and make sure that you're surrounded by a lot of people who have your best interests at heart. Let me just say that. There are some people that, you know, will try to trash your vision and, and mission and everything because of, for whatever reason, jealousy or whatever. You always want to make sure you're surrounded by people who have the best, your best interests at heart and only want to see you succeed and go up. Yes. yes. What's one thing that you wish you knew way back when you were younger, maybe right before your first marriage? I wish I knew about what it means to be bold. My mom she she was a strong woman and she is a strong woman and but I didn't get to see a whole lot of what it looks like to be bold and strong in that or to stand up for yourself or to not allow people and circumstances to keep you from doing what you are passionate about she just she worked a lot and she worked a lot because she was a single mom at that time. So I didn't get a chance to see what it looks like to be bold in, in certain things and wanting to go for your towards your dreams and, and fulfilling your dreams. And so I wish I had that ability to see what boldness looks like as a child. But now, you know, I've got it full bone and I'm ready to help other women to see what it looks like to be bold as well. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And final question, what is one thing or piece of advice or words of wisdom that you would give to anyone who is really struggling with low self-worth? First of all, I would say that if you don't have a really good, good friend, find one, Ryan, find somebody who you can definitely confide in and, and be real and raw with. Get Seek a mentor if you don't have somebody that you can confide in and so that they can help you to discover who you are and who you are. For me, it was, uh, I had, I was blessed to have a good friend who, who struggled just as much as I did at, at one point and we encouraged each other. There are different women's groups that you can participate in that affirm a lot of women's groups now. There's not as many women's groups as they were as they are today as it was back in my time. I feel like I'm older. But <laughs> uh, um but there 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 are a lot of women's groups even just on Facebook that you could join that will help you to build your self esteem, build your self worth. There are different devotionals. If you're um, a person of faith, there are many different 
um, devotionals that you can read to encourage, inspire, and uplift um, you to becoming who you are predestined to be. I am more than happy to help. It's a habit for me now. It's become a part of me to want to, don't tell me that, you know, I don't feel like, I, nope, don't tell me that. Let's go. What do we need to do? Let's get this going. You saying that you want to invent toilet paper? Okay, well, let's make it work. Let's see what we can do with that. I'm a person that wants to see people succeed and become who they need to become. And nothing is impossible. So let's go. Let's do this. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Such good nuggets. We're going to link to all of your awesomeness, including your podcast in the show notes, but please tell people where they can find you and how they can learn from you and work with you. Absolutely. So the best way to get in contact with me is on my website, which is woveinspiration.com. You'll see all of my information as far as what I do, my personal background, a lot of my podcast shows. Um, if you are interested in being a guest on my show, there's uh, information that you can fill out on there. If you're interested in my program, which is called Victory Walk, and essentially it's, in, it's a three-part type program where we'll, I'll help you address first your past. And then once we address your past, we go to the next step of finding your purpose. And then the final step being that you not only take what you've already learned and what you are now implementing in your own life, but you take that and use it and help other women. So it becomes a full circle type deal. So if you're interested in that, go to, like I said, woveinspiration.com. You can email me at woveinspiration at gmail.com. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram under Wove Inspiration. <laughs> Beautiful. Althea, thank you so much for being here and for sharing all of the things that you have walked through and the wisdom you've gained from it and, and your own personal take on stepping into purpose. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Stephanie. This has been an honor and a blessing to be on your show. And I just pray that it does make a difference in a lot of people's lives. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today and for being a part of this powerful community of purpose-driven individuals. We have a ton of free resources for you at www.talesfromthejourney.tv slash free, including access to an eight-week sampler of our renowned journey mapping program. That gives you instant access to impactful training lessons, life-changing exercises, and our signature AccuSesh processes that you can implement immediately. We'd love your help in getting the message out and growing our community, so please take a moment to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a review on iTunes. I'll catch you in the next episode.